What's up, everybody? We have 10 minutes here. Uh, Mark and Ryan are having some nonverbal fight over here right now. Anyway, but Ryan Muckinern is joining us to discuss a little bit of a, a interesting firearm in history. Uh, interesting is such a bland word, but anyways, I, I can't think of any other way to describe it right now, uh, which is the HKG-11. It came up in a podcast prior, and we thought, why don't we just talk about that? Because it's sort of this... Uh, I want to say that at some point when I was playing video games as a kid, the HKG-11 was an option in there, and it just, I actually always thought it was made up, never really thought it was real, and it is kind of real, but it's also kind of not real, basically, you know, in terms of, like, whether you're actually going to see one ever or not, but talk about it. It's super unique. If there ever was a, you know, we talked in the podcast before about, like, the cartoon drawing of something. Mm-hmm. If you told somebody, I want you to draw a spaceman's gun, yes, they may come up with the HKG-11. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, super wild departure from uh, firearms. Number of different reasons. It was a bullpup, and at the time, bullpups weren't a thing. It fired caseless ammunition, which to this day is still fairly unheard of. Some people may be saying caseless ammunition. Well, isn't that a muzzleloader? And it fired a sub-bore projectile, so like a super small 4.7 millimeter bullet at a pretty respectable velocity. We wanted to emulate the 5.56 and what it could do. And came with a telescopic weapon site. Development on this thing began, I believe, in the early 70s. And I actually want to say it was even sooner than that. I believe like 50s, 60s even, So that's possibly. what I'm reading right here, and this was one of my questions. It says, developed during the late 60s, 70s, and 80s. It seems like it's kind been of kind always, of a work in progress that never happened. Yeah. So when you look at it, like it, it came with an installed telescopic weapon site. It had a crazy magazine that rode in front of and above the bore. It had this extremely complex, intricate inner working in which the cartridge was presented to the loading mechanism vertically and then rotated and then chambered and then fired. There's no spent case. It's caseless ammunition. Yeah. Wasn't it, it like, in, didn't the ammunition come in a, in a way where it had to be sheared off somehow or something yeah. like that? Yes. Like it was all one giant stick of ammunition, and then when you needed an individual well, round, it would sort Is that how? No. So okay. the, the projectile is encapsulated in a, a block of its propellant, so I don't want to say like putty, but I'm always reminded of like, it's like C4 or something. And maybe they did in the initial packaging and the the user had to break them off, but they were a contained thing, no external case, Yeah, and had to be pulled out of the magazine. There was a plastic cap over the projectile that had to come off, but that did so during the firing sequence. I don't think it did it in the loading sequence. Hmm. But there's like a containing cap over the top of the projectile. Um, And the cases, I believe, they're not square they're like a rectangle shape, and I, I think they have like a beveled edge along them. And then it, there's this remarkable ratchet mechanism that is the loading mechanism that you actually wound up. There's like a... a oh, seriously? So yeah. you, you, it could eventually come be unwound? I don't know if it comes unwound, but you had to spin the darn thing oh, okay. to get it loaded. There's a couple of really old but great videos of the gun actually being fired. And a couple things to note about it. For a, a sub bore cartridge, like a tiny projectile. The thing had a tremendous amount of recoil. Like Mm. when you watch the guy shooting them, it is extremely disruptive. They look like they're shooting an M14. And it's a, you know, small sub Mm. 22 caliber bullet at like 3,000 feet per second. Mm -hmm. But there's all this reciprocation going on with the magazine. The magazine comes back and then the, the ratchet thing snags around out of it. 
Just a lot of mechanical parts. A lot of moving. things going on. It had to have weighed a metric ton. There's not a lot. So there's like a shell on the outside, and you, you, I think you pull the back off of it, and then you pull the guts out. The guts contain the what we'll call the action or the reciprocating portion plus the barrel. And then there's a trigger pack, which isn't uncommon for HKs. They had trigger packs that, that came off, and that could have been attached to the front or the handguard portion. The magazine itself would then be separate. Um, telescopic weapon sight was part of the front of the rifle if it came apart. And very goofy. Oh, Mark's got a picture up here. Bayonet attachment. That's oh, a, I know. I like the bayonet. Yeah. yeah. It, it almost it's, looks <laughs> it looks so out of place because the, the gun, if you're not already Googling this, the gun looks like one of those very old uh, over-the-shoulder VHS camcorders. What's Actually, like? you about nailed it. I was going to say it reminded me of the uh, Super Shot or whatever from a Super Nintendo, but without the front grip. Mm. Like, whatever they, the Zapruder film like was filmed with, I think, like looks like this. Hearing you describe, like I'm looking at a picture of it. I'm hearing you describe how it works. And even while I'm like looking at the picture and you're describing all these inner workings, it's still like tough to uh, understand. Yeah. The magazine is like this long. That's like, that's like two feet. Yeah. It's, it's very long. So the magazine runs above the barrel in a track and then it reciprocates along with it, and then that thing comes off and snags or shears or, or cuts a cartridge out of the, the magazine itself. It's a thing. It's a very bizarre gun. It, it looks so unconventional that if you didn't see it had a trigger, you wouldn't know it was a gun. So what came first, the idea that they wanted to shoot caseless ammo or the idea that they had, hey, we got a weird gun, what, what ammo are we going to shoot through Caseless it? Or, ammo. Yeah. yeah. And is the caseless ammo just because you're trying to do clandestine operations and not leave a trace? And wait. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the whole thing is gone. So, yeah, the clandestine part, so you fire your weapon, there's no brass, can't pick it up. Yeah. Um, but then it weighs less. So, you know, you have a, a loaded cartridge, you have the projectile, you have the case. So that must be where they came in with the 50-round magazine. Yeah. Like. Yeah, it held quite a few rounds, it looks like. Yeah. What's wild is, like, if you look at a, an FNP90, you almost yes. wonder if, like, some of those folks, there was some idea sharing going on. And FN's like, oh, you can put the magazine above the barrel, and then you can do this really weird rotation, Yeah, mm. present the cartridge to it. I am reminded of the P90 when yeah. I see it a little bit. And what was it? Who was it made for? Like, what was the point? Was Soldiers, it made for just, Special Forces. Okay. Bundeswehr. What? Yeah, the, the, the Special Forces ah. of Germany. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, and I think the long-term goal was like an individual infantry rifle. Yeah. Uh, but it never... It never went anywhere. It just died. Hmm. Eventually, they went to like a, like AKs and, well, not like 50, what are we, HK-53s, and I, I get all the nomen, or the numbers mixed up between all the various No, that's the, the thing models. with the Germans. They're always doing just letters and numbers. Yeah. Have you ever seen anything German where it just has a name on it? It's like no. a regular uh, like a name. Nope. Besides the Panzer. Right. Nope, that's, that's the only thing one. I can think of. But it probably has a, a number Oh, I guarantee, yeah. Yeah, uh, so really radical firearm, never took off. Set, set a very cool and still chased concept of caseless ammo, though, because it still yeah. comes up. Mm-hmm. Or, or I should say reinventing the package that ammunition comes in. Because like today, there's not a ton of caseless stuff going on, but there are new ideas surrounding the case, like going yeah. to a full poly or a poly right. um, and brass blend or poly steel blend. I should note on caseless ammunition the Daisy Corporation that made BB guns that yeah. we all had, had a caseless 22. 
What? Yeah. It had a propellant embedded or a projectile embedded in the propellant. I believe they came in little plastic tubes. Yes. It was a caseless 22. We've even uh, mm-hmm. contemplated the idea of caseless ammunition when we were on our Rimfire podcast a while back yeah. with you and Seth Toy, and we discussed yep. having a bullet that was a twenty-two caliber bullet that then had a hole hollowed out in the back end of it with the propellant inside. And it is it is an interesting concept to try and to try and come up with. And I guess the other thing is you got to th- imagine too. Now I don't know how a round would have been chambered in a gun like this. With the the propellant has to have some sort of structural integrity to get the bullet in the barrel, right, and have it be sealed and all that stuff. Yep. How does or or does the whole thing go in the barrel and then it's sealed off in a different way at the rear? So it's funny when we say caseless because it's still like a package. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the package exterior is propellant that has that structure that you're talking about. The whole thing is like combustible. If you held it, it wouldn't be like malleable. Not that I know of. I've never touched the ammunition though. I've never even, I've never even seen a G11 other than on the internet. But yeah, the, can we call it a cartridge? I think the thing that goes bang is uh, a solid structure projectile embedded in the middle of it. And that whole thing chambers like a cartridge would. Okay. So it has to have, because what I was getting at was like, I was wondering if somehow the the caseless ammunition could bypass some of the complexities that go into cartridge design in terms of the case. Oh, yeah. Because if you're always trying to design cartridges, I mean, how we've talked so much about cartridges on this podcast, and we talk about, you know, oh, you change the shoulder, you change the neck, you change the body, you change, you know, is it rimmed, is it belted, is it whatever? And, you know, it's longer, shorter. And if you remove that from the equation, but then I'm also thinking to myself, well, then how do you get the bullet in? The bullet needs to go in the bear, you know, in the chamber mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So it needs some structure around it. Like, and a if you want to use a bigger vehicle. bullet or make something go faster or whatever, yeah. you're going to need more of this, whatever this quote case powder. Yeah. Like the shape is. of the caseless ammunition has to matter, or else if you just make it any shape, it's not going to feed well. Right. But I wonder how much, if it matters as much as the shape and all that of brass in your case i don't think it does i i I don't think it would i think because no and if somebody has if somebody has a g11 i'll give you 20 bucks if i can borrow it for a little bit that's 20 bucks on the table in fact i will double that if you can show up to vortex with a g11 that we can podcast about here too rich for my blood i'll double that okay um i think looking at the the way that the propellant works if you had a chamber that was cut and a bore that was appropriate to it, alignment and, and positioning, it would be very much the same thing as a muzzle loader. Like we had Luke on with those high performance muzzle loaders. Okay, and, right. And he's tinkered around with chambers and muzzle loaders too. Something about obturation. Yeah. And so long as you could develop an adequate pressure curve to generate the velocities required to like move the bullet down the barrel and then achieve that, you wouldn't need a case. And and Luke has done some chamber work on on a muzzle loader. So you're loading it from the barrel, the powder goes down loose, but the bullet sits on top of this little chamber thing. Okay. So I'm assuming that's what they did with the G11. Okay. And there's not a ton of information about the gun either. It's yeah, it's kind of remained pretty secret. Yeah. Do you know what the propellant material was made out of? Oh, an explosive. I also originally I did read actually, originally it was a nitrocellulose based propellant. Right. That was changed. But that, okay, that was changed. Yeah, and I'm wondering if that was just environmental thing. So could be. If it's nitrocellulose, it's going to attract moisture. If it attracts moisture, it could potentially become inert. Okay. And 
So then they well, change it to something else. Yeah, speaking of speaking of moisture and inert and all this stuff, I heard that one of the problems that it suffered was the fact that as the barrel would heat up from from shooting, it would cause pre detonation oh. of ammunition. I had not read that, but that so that's is... what I was hearing. And it's a it's a phrase. It's called. Um, let me find it here. Keep talking. It makes sense though. I mean, you've oh, got... cook off. Oh yeah, cook off. Because so it... the magazine is oriented directly above the barrel. Yeah, Just which like, wouldn't be good. You wouldn't want that to happen. No, and it's 50 rounds above your barrel. Pretty zippy. I mean, it's literally cooking it like a frying pan. Right. Pretty zippy cartridge, too, you know, this mm-hmm. little little projectile at, say, 3,000 feet per second. If you've ever shot your AR, like, more than 10 times consecutively, and you're holding on to your metal handguard that's vented, it gets awful warm. So, get this. Here's another thing that I thought. We, we chatted about this a little bit. If you look at the specs of this thing, full auto, it shot 460 rounds per minute. Three-round burst, you could shoot, and it says, and I don't know if it's a typo, but it says 2,100 rounds per minute. Because, and that doesn't make any sense. You'd think the full auto would be more, but the three-round burst we're discussing is designed to essentially put enough rounds downrange to incapacitate a threat instead of just one round. And it's designed to do so so quickly that the user of the firearm hopefully hasn't been so disrupted from their sight picture that they wouldn't be able to, you know, hit the target with any kind of accuracy. Because if you're shooting full auto, you know, do, 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 you might jump around the target a bit. Here's a really interesting thing, though. Recoil on the three-round burst is not felt by the weapon's user until after the third round has left the chamber. Mm-hmm. This is accomplished by having the barrel and feeding mechanism float within the rifle casing. Phenomenal. So by casing, they're talking about, like, chassis. Yeah. Yeah. The Russians had a, a rifle called the AN-94 Ninkonov that did something kind of similar. It had a two-round burst that occurred so quickly that the recoil sequence only occurred like after the fact. So they were able to fire two rounds boop, like it's that. It's like the most pure... Double tap. The most, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. So reciprocating floating barrel within the chassis. Phenomenal. I wonder why it didn't catch on. It had to have been. I mean, or I did know. it? Yeah. Or yeah. Or did it? Space gun, shooting this thing underwater. Random question. I don't know. I don't. They better. I mean, the cartridge is that propellant. The not cartridge, package, would appear is environmentally sound. Would appear. Yes. So could it? Sure. C four can go underwater, right? Yes. You can shoot a an AR underwater. Right. Yeah. The offer's still on the table. This is more just some, uh, I don't know, this is some good day drinking, talking talking about uh, cool guns that are very mysterious in nature. Maybe some conspiracy theories around this thing. Who knows? Maybe it is popular. Maybe they invented it for space. And maybe a lot of people use them in space. Because you wouldn't want those brass cases going all around your space. No, center. you wouldn't, because they might turn into little meteorites that would hit the, the Earth. But you remember? And not, leave evidence. Not to chew up more Time you know what? It's 16 minute and two second podcast. Hey, today we're, we're, record, we're recording on a Friday, guys. It's, yeah, Sorry. it's Friday. Episode of The Simpsons. Speaking of day drinking. Yeah. <laughs> An episode Box. on The Simpsons in which Homer is in space and opens a bag of chips. I don't think I watched this one. The chips. That sounds awesome. Fill, <laughs> the chips fill the cockpit. H- Homer actually saves the day by floating through the cockpit, eating the chips. I believe that the Germans figured if we could take this gun into space, rather than filling our cockpit of our space shuttle with chips or cases in this case. But you cannot eat. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And a case inadvertently hitting a button, hitting the eject seat. They just went cases. Let's make those easy to accidentally hit. 
Oh, like, it's big red button. You almost want to. Right. We talk about it like it looks like a space gun. Yeah. I think it was designed that, from the very beginning to be a space gun. A lot of strange things going on between the 60s, 70s, and 80s. A lot we don't know about. Maybe Germany was trying to get to the moon, too. Maybe they were trying to colonize it. What are your thoughts, guys? Uh, like I said, the offer uh, is still on the table. A total of 40 bucks. If you can bring a real G11, legit, full on, and we can podcast about it. I'm in. 60 bucks. 60 Whoa. Whoa. Big time. All right. So um, maybe we'll... Uh, I mean, if you're bringing a G11, it's probably probably pretty worth it. Um, I might throw say. in a sandwich, too. So yeah. cool. Let's hear your guys' thoughts on this firearm platform. It's so cool. I wish we had one here. So, all right. Catch you next time. Bye. See Bye, you. everybody.